Hi, Matt. Hi, Ashley. And hello, listeners. Welcome to the AF High List. We are on the big list of 100, and we have finally arrived to the last 10 grouping. Decade. Last <laughs> decade. I always want to say decade for groupings of 10, because it feels so substantial in my life. But we've made it to number 90. The Jazz Singer. Hmm, yeah. There's a strange, like, vibe around Jazz Singer a bit. <laughs> well, I think... Uh... There's reasons why they've decided to put it on this list, and I think there's reasons why they've decided to take it off the list. <laughs> hmm, I bet we'll get to those <laughs> reasons. This film is from 1927, so basically a different lifetime. That's almost 100 years ago at this point. Known, I guess, famously as the first sound movie in terms of the fact that it had sunk up dialogue and sunk up <laughs> right Synced, I think. synced yeah synced up <laughs> sorry he's high uh, <laughs> as per the gimmick of the show the podcast. this is what you come for right? this is what you come for <laughs> it was synced up it, so like it's the first sound thing so 1927 old as fuck it's the first thing with sound in it it's the first feature film it was like hey you know how it's a silent film and like you don't hear people's voices well bam this is people's wait, voices. wait wait you ain't heard nothing yet and it's like <laughs> I, I think just like i understand because this was a hundred years ago i understand that this movie blew people's minds apart like literally by experiencing it it gave them like a, a thrill to see that man move his mouth and hear it and hear it you heard the picture <laughs> for the first time you heard the picture in a full-length movie and they were like I, I saw like that um details of the opening night of this movie people were getting like riotous because they were like thrilled by it, it was just like delicious they couldn't get enough of it and it's like yeah i understand that watching it in 2021 there are some things that, like, I, it I don't, don't know. slap as well. You know, I really thought I'm gonna just get right to the start. I thought there'd be more talking. <laughs> yeah, this is this is an entirely silent picture, except for except for the moments. Yeah, it, it's kind of strange because, like, I mean, Charlie Chaplin movies. There were sometimes like kind of murmuring and talking. Yeah, it drifted from mm -hmm. silent into sound. So I think they were messing with like the sinking of some stuff at that time. It was more like experimental or whatever, like kind of just combining a lot of like music and stuff. Well, remember even Charlie sound Chaplin was, thought that uh, sound was just a uh, fad. Talkies were just going to be a fad. And it's like people who saw this film, Jazz Singer, were like oh, this is the future of cinema. Like, people got so excited about it immediately. And yeah, I get that for sure. So the list is kind of honoring the fact that it did that. It is on here because of its technical... Now, I don't want to say it's necessarily just accomplishment, but uh, yeah, being the first mm -hmm. as well. Like to kicking, figure it out. Kick in the door of talkies. But then with that, mm -hmm. had you seen it before, though? Or did I've, you know anything about it or anything? I have never seen this film. I only know of the controversial element of this film. And I thought that it was going to be more of a prevalent uh, issue at hand because this film does have blackface in it. We've had several on the list and it's just like, wow. It, it, it is such a strange thing to see like as a culture, like in this time, you know? 
where we're like, ew, that is not, that's wrong. <laughs> well, it's just such, it's considered, and, and rightfully so, considered such a symbol of hate. Yes. So when we're watching like a, a movie that is mostly sort of casual in its presentation. And, and positive about following your dreams. Uh, and, yeah. yeah, seeing some, you know, a striking symbol of hate in there. It really, it does, it really throws you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, like, well, we'll get to it. But yeah. I think it is a situation of like, you know, we talk shit a little bit about Birth of a Nation being put on this list just because it was sort of the movie that invented editing and storytelling or whatever. Yes. This one being the first talkie. Both have blackface in them. That one, though, seems as if it's coming more out of the place of hate, whereas this because one seems more out of ignorance. Absolutely still not getting a pass, but it's just different here I in its presentation. That's beautifully said. Like, I think comparing straight I'm up... I'm high. I don't know how I did that. Oh my god, I'm so happy. <laughs> You're an eloquent boy. <laughs> no, I mean, thinking, like, just coming out the gate and, like... I think it's right to also compare them for the fact that they are placed on the film because of the firsts. We, we've complained about it or like kind of griped about it a little bit. It's like, what is the meaning of the best? The greatest? What is the meaning? But it's like you have some movies who are on the greatest American films because of their epicness and their storytelling and their character, whereas that is very technical behind the scenes. And so it's like, where's that balance of that? And especially it was so like troublesome with like Birth of a Nation because the plot of the production literally glorifies and the like KKK. longs for the days of KKK. And it's like, this is like, it just feels intentionally hateful, like you said. Yeah. This one, it is... If you're going to be a jazz singer in 1927, Minstrel what are you going to do exactly? It, it is it is a capture like I'm allowed to say that like in in my modern lens my modern lens is valid. It's wrong. Yeah, it doesn't get a pass for being ignorant. It just is out of a different seed. But it is it is interesting to note we see two of these films and you can be like, okay, this one uses it as an image of hate, and this one uses it as, like you said, kind of an ignorant way of a culture at the time. Literally, Al Jolson, is that the lead's yeah. name? This is he was greatly known as like kind of the king of blackface. And he's such like a happy-go-lucky, like jazz singer. He was obsessed with jazz. And I did take it upon myself to read a little bit more about him. And for the most part, on written record, it seems like he was. One of those dudes who was just like genuinely in love with jazz and like culture and everything. And he wanted to like bring more representation. I don't know what grand of a scale that is, but like for the 20s, like that's, it's pretty like, I guess noble if you're doing well, blackface. Was, yeah. You know, was, compared to the other situation we had on this list. Which was, yeah, just straight up hate. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like you're. It's and it is such another thing too about like this movie is that it is such star vehicle one actor oh, it's sort Al of Jolson's based movie. yeah it's like yeah. the Al Jolson movie and with that you have to have sort of this acknowledgement of what made him like very popular yes. great um, interesting he had a lot of star power and to be frank like he gleaned a lot and like took a lot of the 
culture and entertainment from a black community and profited on it, you know, and it's like that, (laughs) that is the problem. That sucks. Saying it right off the bat, this movie, I was actually surprised because I was explaining I'd never seen this before. This is just a long, this is a perfect segue into it. But like, I had more of an image that that would be more, like I said, throughout the whole thing. They, you really, if you had zero clue what this movie was, you could watch a whole hour of a 90 And then be movie. like shook <laughs> by the last half hour. And I'm not going to lie, like it still was shook worthy when it happened yeah because because, like the movie is so grounded in like this man who was a jazz singer and he just like is it's actually a struggle of his jewish heritage yeah and his family and stuff so there's a lot of actually intricate things happening it's like it's icky but there's a lot of conversations to be had about it which you know (laughs) culturally significant that's why it was put on the list i guess in the first place yeah but understandably taken off because it does not reflect modern times. And you have to acknowledge that when you are lumping all time. Because without modern lens, nothing means anything, right? <laughs> and it's like one of those things, like I'm sure I made the argument too in um, Birth of a Nation. But it's like if it's a movie that invented editing, why don't we have the movie that did like editing best on the list? Yeah. You know, we had talkies here. Why don't we have like an early talkie from, I don't care if it's. 27 or mm-hmm. 33 or whatever why don't we have an early talkie that sort of represents the best of melding both sound and picture like, i'm sure that that is accounted for in the um 2007 version of this list they updated it they this is not on there yeah. this is not on there birth of a nation is not on there but they usually kind of like substitute similar like birth of a nation is literally replaced with intolerance exactly so it's like the opposite movie from the same director <laughs> <laughs> exactly so it's like i'm sure there's a movie i just haven't looked at what it was that is com- similar to this but like it, it is just like a fascinating take like did you know like the level or did you see it in film school at all no like uh i i had not seen this movie before i think i was aware because obviously people in film circles have talked about this movie because of its talky significance I think I was aware that, like, the blackface thing wasn't, like, the whole... It was just a scene. I knew it was going to be a portion of the movie, but I didn't... I kind of knew that it wasn't just going to be, like, bamboozled. You know, it wasn't going to be a blackface movie. Uh, But, like, it... I I, I even pointed it out when it happened. I swear, like, in, like, the Oscars and in any film-making montage or whatever, the line, the you haven't heard anything yet, line where that is like the first spoken mm-hmm. dialogue in, in this the movie. It's the most iconic. I have seen that clip used in every montage ever made. Yeah. <laughs> I think like when it's talking about movies, it's like that is the biggest moment. The The movie's on the list for that moment. Not the performance at the end where he is slathering on the paint. And, and singing stuff. Mammy. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> Call it what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that is the strangest end to a film. And I'm like, was this not in the original? But I'm I was flabbergasted. <laughs> and it's like it's so in this modern lens, like I said, I, I can't like I can't imagine what the situation was at the time. Not great. But like, you know, what people get used to. At a certain extent, but like watching it in my modern lens, I was like, this is all sorts of fucked up. (laughs) 
You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, and also, like, what am I doing on this fucking Wednesday night where I'm fucking watching uh, this guy sing Mammy on I'm my not, TV I'm not in 2021? And it's like, oof. It feels dirty. Being like a film subject is like really difficult. Like, <laughs> it like truly felt dirty, like having that on our rental history. I'm like, I just want everybody to know I'm going through a list. I don't think that that was a good decision. But again, well, it, <laughs> based on uh, Redbox uh, from my <laughs> rental thing, now Redbox just thinks I'm really into musicals. No, so. I think it thinks you're 97 <laughs> years old. I mean, it didn't want me to rent like all of her of star is born and yeah yeah old people musicals not the musicals that i actually like <laughs> gear up buddy we got a musical next it's gonna be a blast of a time but yeah there's just like so much to say about that one thing and it's unfortunate because like yeah that movie like you said that moment where the sound hits and syncs up really well it really well for the 20s i would say like it's it's pretty spot on um <laughs> that is the moment and then it's followed by some not good moments <laughs> and that's a complex thing to have so well you're like you said <laughs> jumping in like it's telling the story about like this guy and this jewish heritage and like sort of his struggle between sort of making it as a jazz singer and going back home that is the crux of this movie could have picked something a little more interesting, though, honestly, if we're going to be honest about it. Well, to you, at the time, like, I think that's like, a, it's, the jazz singer is kind of like a, all these movies lately have been just so tragic. It's tragic. It's like the loss of self, like, kind of killing your formal self. Like, it. do you have to leave your old self and your, like, history behind? Tradition, it, the, the oppression of, like, your your expectations as a member of your family, of your heritage, all of that stuff, because the father in this is just like king bitch. We got another abusive father. Woo! And we're not done yet, folks. <laughs> like so many abusive daddies on this list, and it's just like so sad. Like it starts with like Al Jorson is like the young kid singing, and he's like, I, I'm singing in like a saloon, and he's, basically. And he's like, you got to join the church. It's been that way for five generations. You can't change. He's like, no. And then he's like, well, I'm going to beat you up, and then I'm going to kick you out of my house. I will say, like, the mother figure in this, and it's it's an old movie. <laughs> it's an old movie. But, like, the mother figure is, like, actually a pretty good mom. It's, like, a mom who, like, believes in the kid and, like, is constantly saying throughout the film to the father, like... Things are different. This is what he if wants. You, if you think he needs to be part of a church, what if this is what God put him here for? Yes. He, she, she says stuff like that. God gave him a beautiful voice to pursue in a beautiful way that is special to him, whereas God gave you a special voice as a cantor to present the, the way you feel passionate about it. And he does feel very like passionate and grounded, but it's like he's so rigid and cruel it, and, and absurd. Just absurd the whole time that it is hard to watch. I uh, I also love how like so we get the first song with the young kid, and this literally the second song we get is the canter in the church. Mm -hmm. I literally looked at you and was like, "Invented sound, recorded church." Like that's what this movie decided <laughs> to do. You said that, and I was straight up like, 
laughing in like an incredulous <laughs> way. I was like, damn straight. Of course that's what they did. <laughs> like, that's the only form of entertainment a lot of people have. Well, especially at the time, you know, like that was so new. Everything was new. So it's like, again, like I'm here in 2020, a hundred, almost a hundred years in the future being like, damn, I get why your mind was blown. But like, for me, it don't crack. <laughs> yeah, it it is like when you're watching like this toxic masculinity and this toxic tradition and this toxic family because literally the family is trying to like pull him away from his mm-hmm. dream so Who that he can just don't understand. Yes, except the mom kind of understands. The she kind of understands, but she is showing up at the Broadway. Uh, oh, at the end. Oh, her- yeah. There's a, we'll get to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm infuriated by the end of this movie. Uh, but <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, that's when all the things go wrong. <laughs> um, uh, but like we have the, this, yeah, toxic masculinity, toxic family, toxic tradition. It's exhausting. It's mm-hmm. exhausting on this list. It's exhausting in all the media. Uh, once again, reiterating from Patton, just tired of having this jammed down my throat. Yeah, I think just like the if for this film of american list it tells me that america is just like existent through suffering yeah there's so much suffering on this list and it's entertainment like, through suffering yeah which i'm not fully behind and like and like glorification <laughs> of suffering uh suffering equals purity great greatness and, yeah, power diamond like, by the you know hard press yeah and i'm like no no, no. Not about that. No, shit. no, absolutely. And any time that it was like, you know, we'll talk, I guess, more about it when we get to the end, but any time it was like, do your the thing you've always dreamed of, or come sing at the church because your dad would like it because he's sick. I was like, you stay on that fucking stage. I'm, you do that show. This is what you always wanted. That guy kicked you out when you were 13 years old. Live your dream, dude. And also kicked you out recently when you came to see him for his birthday. Yeah. And like reunited with your mother and your mother is so thrilled to see you. And even despite this, this great joy for the mom. He's like, get out. I kicked you out. You're not my son. I don't have a son. I just owed you all of that stuff. But it is also funny that the woman is so, the mom is so desperate. Sorry, I had a little hiccup. (laughs) (laughs) The mom is so desperate to get him to come home because she thinks he's going to die. And like, he needs to hear him sing at this thing. And I'm like, it has to be the same night. You know, like, of his big performance, of course it has to. But, like, it really does seem, for a minute, that I'm like, you could probably do both. <laughs> you figure out a way that you can do both here, because, like, yeah, this is just seems like a one-time thing that you're going to have to do to be visited by your ghost dad. (laughs) I mean, I just really don't understand like communication. Obviously it's for the drama of the movie. I understand everybody get it, but like just an easier way to deal with it in person would be like, Hey, I know this is my big break tonight and everybody's looking forward to seeing me, but my dad is like on his deathbed and it is a serious family moment and I need to step away. And people will fucking understand that. Be like, hey. We're going to do a show tomorrow. Tomorrow. Or in five days, <laughs> yeah. come back with your ticket. Or later tonight, come back. Because he doesn't necessarily know he's going to die. He's no. just got to do the church thing. Performance. So like, be like, he'll be, here, he'll be here in four hours. So just come on back. That's all you really need <laughs> to do. And so it, it's just like, it's kind of torturous, yeah, at the end. Um, to see her be so... Yeah, like you said, through the whole thing, like, 
follow your dreams, do your thing. And then even when he's thrown out of the house again, she's like, I'll never see him again. And he's chosen. And this is the path for him. She's like an understanding. But then she just like falls back on it really quick. It feels kind of out of character. If I'm a little snooty about this 1927 film that has questionable, questionable decisions throughout the entire thing. It's true. Yeah. As soon as she flips at the end, I'm like, you're just... I did a little with my mouth. (laughs) You're just as toxic as he is, dragging him fucking out of his dream and everything like that. I think it's because she's like in like a crazed state because like, you know, her husband who has probably been yelling at her for her entire life is going to die. Beating the shit out of her too, probably. I was like, it's a great day. Your your son is super famous and (laughs) you can visit him now. Yeah, you're not going to get fucking beat up and told that you don't have a son, that you have a good relationship with. Like we're never talking about it. He literally yells at her for opening a letter from it and that's yes. like she wants to do that but that's the whole woman and there's a there's a cute uh like lead actress girl in it that he's really interested in it's kind of a love interest but it's not they don't focus on it too much it's no. like he meets a girl and then she's in the show with him and i think they're just like together i think like it's more of like a theatrical style like where it's like he he's super interested i don't see like a big interest from her but I think she's uh, drawn to his talent. Well, and also they have the moment later near the end, too, where she's like, do you love this more than me? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, good. Like, <laughs> Yeah, because she's like, I'm not taking away your shine. But then, like, she also becomes problematic because then she's like, fuck your mom, fuck your dad. Like, you're going to get on that stage. And it's like, no one at any point is asking, what do you want, want to do? To do? Yeah. do it. Or don't. Or whatever don't. You want. <laughs> Except I'm literally sitting on the couch being like, he kicked you out. You do your dream. Don't go back. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. But she was very, she felt very pushy and manipulative at the end. And it's like almost pushing her agenda because she kind of. She getting, benefits from him being in the well, show also, too. <laughs> also, she does not benefit from it too if he doesn't go on because like she's the one who brought him into the circle of the production and literally before they're getting ready he's like he better he better be as half as good as you think he is yeah that's like the threat there's there's constant threats throughout the whole thing of like you better be good yeah and it's like what what's the (laughs) attitude everybody did everybody in 1927 just give fucking tood and negative all the time if you're deciding to pursue some kind of creative outlet you better be a fucking savant genius in that field immediately or don't fucking waste my time fucking try (laughs) like it's very intense the whole time we haven't even really talked about this the, the songs and like i have a question for you matt do the songs slap overall not at all. I <laughs> You don't you don't think like old timey I teach one. I mean o- other than having Mammy on my iPod. Oh, oh my god. god, can you imagine? That is the most terrifying <laughs> sentence I've ever heard. I was like, we're breaking up. <laughs> I felt the hairs on the back of your neck stand up when I said Oh that. <laughs> my gosh. That's absolutely disgusting. No, none of the songs are like my thing. And also that to me. I have a very different perception, I guess, of jazz. Me too. As that is well. not what I, I was have. Expecting. Like Buddy Guy and the Blues Brothers in mind when I think of like jazz and blues and that kind of. And this is just like a guy singing a song, you know, like one of <laughs> it those feels old too, like, things. Up- uplifted, like you know, like it's kind of. I mean, the blues are the blues, and then jazz is jazz. But like, 
I guess more jazz is like kind of the free loose expression. And I think that's what's so appealing to it is kind of it's like disconnected energy. But for a film about jazz and like, no, there's not like choreography going no. on with it. It just doesn't, it doesn't like this. It doesn't slap for me. <laughs> I need, I need uh, Ryan Gosling to come in and mansplain jazz to this production crew. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I would love for that to happen. A la 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 land. <laughs> a la 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 land. A la wow. la la land. I bet nobody's ever had to say it like that before. <laughs> no, I loved it. As soon as the thought came into my mind, I was like, interesting. A fun little challenge for my mouth, which I've been failing at talking all week. So, you know, when you just work so hard, your brain is literally literally a microfave microfaved microwaved just microwaved anything i feel like i put my head in the microwave put it on two and i was like done it's been a long week (laughs) and then i had to watch the jazz singer and feel weird inside (laughs) Weird, weird and yucky the whole time before we get to the yuckiest parts i feel like um, I do want to shout out that there's a super old WB logo at the very beginning. I was like, that's pretty cool. You know, because we're used to the same kind of WW, WWB, <laughs> www.b.com logo. Jesus. But I thought that was pretty fun and expressive. Yeah, it was a new logo. That was fun for me. I hadn't seen, but that it one. was also fun to realize uh, or like to learn that WB was like under extreme financial crisis at this time, and I was like hysterical <laughs> because I feel like when weren't movie studios in financial crisis at these times? Well, I feel like every time too that you hear the stories of like them being under financial crisis, <laughs> they do something fucking crazy like this, and then they're then they're good for a while. The ones that don't make it just don't. They're in crisis and then they just don't make it. But like they dissolve into the other. Warner ones. Brothers, we all know, is still around, and it's like you hear about their financial distress here, and they're like, boom, talkies, famous again. Famous again. <laughs> I guess like the only other like random note I have from the very beginning, because like I got stoned and I started writing down things that I see. Sometimes I just like to do that to kind of connect visually to a thing because I don't know what it's going to be. There's a random shot of like kids at a playground or like a fair or something, and uh, <laughs> there's like this. There's like spinning little thing and there's a bunch of kids inside and it's like thick ass metal and I'm like that is a spinning death trap for children. It just looked like toddlers being tossed around in a barrel. Yeah, it was a metal stretcher being <laughs> spun around filled to the brim with children. Oh, there were so many children. It was such a quick shot that I was like, oh, okay, 1927. Stuff like that's going yeah. on right now. Dangerous everywhere. No wonder they're beating the fuck out of them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I do have to see just as like a scary theme al jolson his face he scares me i think he's, oh yeah i that is the opposite of what i find attractive in a human being i mean also when he like puts on blackface when he puts on blackface is absolutely the most appalling thing but he just seems so haunted he's got like really dark eyes and like he kind of looks like a dr frankenstein-esque actor like you know he could be in a horror movie and it would be really good i wonder if he did i bet he didn't because people were in such like little paths yeah everybody had a, he probably made 97 more jazz singers after this and that was it 100 uh yeah i'm not i'm not even particularly familiar with al jolson at all no. like i don't think i've seen anything else about him or with him obviously mm-hmm. it's been a long time and yeah he is a weird looking fuck he kind of <laughs> 
a weird looking fuck. What? I can say it. He's probably been gone for a while now. This was a hundred years ago. He's a weird looking fuck. He reminds me a little bit of a couple actors, but I cannot think of their names at all at this oh, time. Oh, like they all look this like but he has, morphed together. Yes, he looks like a bunch of like I if you took a bunch of grizzled FBI or cop actors that are usually like not sidekicks but like thirds in cop movies and you mush them all together you get al jolson and then (laughs) and then clean shaven yes yeah that's that's about it yeah he's a weird looking dude so i just want to set the scene as like do you have any other thing to say before i jump into this big shift of the movie (laughs) before we address the black-faced elephant in the room Yeah, that we've been talking about pretty much the whole time. So, like I said, you could watch a, a full hour of this movie. You could put this movie on and be like, oh, I've never seen this. this I don't know what this is. Mostly silent uh, Oh, this is so sad. He, Broadway like, movie. He's living his dreams with his family, and he has, like, this really hard connection with his, like his uh his religion his culture his god like there's there's so many elements and it's like yeah that's those are themes that are classic in cinema you know like finding yourself like leaving yourself reborn like rebirth because he has a new name and his performance and stuff and it's like he is just casually talking and he's so absolutely excited it is the dress rehearsal for his big break he's ready to go he's sitting down he's talking to the girl and they're just so excited just chit-chatting away and then he picks up this little can and and this little tin what is he doing and i was like oh is this is this what it's gonna happen and he just casually is talking and slathers it all over his face and i will say that like again modern lens it is you just don't see that. Well, so it's it's almost a different kind of disturbing that it's not like he's super into it. It's the casualness of it. That he it does it all the time. That makes it even more haunting. The fact that it's not really addressed. The fact that There's it's just... There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, it's just what he does. He's even got kind of the wig <gasps> yes. to match sort of the outfit. And the wig is like icky to think that mm-hmm. this guy's putting on for this character and it's just like the casualness with which it is happening is what's probably most haunting about it it is like an imposter situation that just yeah it's a little bit haunting and like like i said i took the time to kind of look more into the man who decide, like the man behind the decision to do this and like it doesn't feel as sinister. <laughs> it feels from a place of ignorance at the time. It's just still nothing can really excuse it in, in the, these times that we're in. So no. it was just a fucking trip to see. And then he has it on way too much for that last half hour. Personally, for me to feel any sense of comfortable. Yeah. It's basically too soft. It's exploitive. It just feels so like, you know... You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it just feels so fucking exploitive. Like, taking, like, you're like, oh, I really love that kind of style. I'm going to do the style and then also look like you. But and in then a mocking wh- way. And then white people will know that I'm not black. So it's okay for they for them to come and pay to see me. Yes. And it's like, that's where it's like super fucking disheartening. Sick. You know, but, like, then there's the perspective a lot of individuals were like, you know what? No, it's great. Like, finally, it's in the mainstream, like, jazz and, like, a whole culture is in the mainstream. So, like, white people are experiencing it and it could have helped in a way. But it's like, ugh, but it's messy and it it's not the best way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Big uh, yuck. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, couldn't agree more. 
I'm not, just, I'm not the best person to speak on this, but it's just like... Again, with the 2021 lens on a 1927 movie, it just... It's hard to relate to the time. Yeah, it's just this big disconnect, and then you have this big symbol of hate. I don't know. It almost is more disappointing. Yeah. Where you're just like... Not even that like you're giving the movie any kind of a benefit of a doubt or anything like that. It's just like... Didn't think I was going to have to see this today. Yeah. Kind of disappointing, you know? <laughs> I think, like, it's disappointing because it is so much about, like, him as, him on a self-discovery journey. And his big break is him mimicking someone else. You know, that's not what makes him great. It's yeah. what he looks like. It's his voice, you know? <laughs> and it's a music he's appropriated and he's Absolutely. mockingly dressing up like them. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's, it it's it is it's weird. And then yeah, like sort of like really like the choice because basically it goes the he's in the blackface in his dress rehearsal. So we get the first performance. Mm. And then then it's the switching like hey, should I run over to my parents? And he doesn't have it on. And then he does like the canter thing. Mm-hmm. Has his moment with his ghost dad. And then he goes back, puts the black face on, and then sings Mammy at the end. And then end credits. It's a very weird... It kind of throws your stomach a little bit. And also, like, too, just, like, it's kind of, like, just goofy that, like, he sings the Mammy song. And then he sings, like, another song about his mom mm-hmm. for the dress rehearsal. Two different songs. And I'm like, it's this weird mama's boy thing <laughs> yeah. on top of this already uncomfortable thing and it's just like i think it's a loss of a boy who literally has zero clue who he is and it's like that's what makes it kind of icky and disappointing and sad because it's like supposed to be this great moment of him finding his g his dream his g-spot his g-spot he finally finds it (laughs) and it's the most beautiful thing that could ever transpire um i don't even know where i was going with that because of the g-spot situation sorry he oh he he's supposed to be discovering his dream. This is his big break, but it is not him as himself. And he already left a, a different version of himself, and it, it's just strange. There, it feels like an identity crisis in my like modern like uh, psychological kind of viewing of it. It and doesn't then, feel as like glamorous. And then the fact that it does just kind of end there too. It is mm. very unsatisfying. It's like it's like disappointing upsetting it flips your stomach and then like you're like oh that's it that's it that's that's it. all that he goes on and he's a blackface performer yeah uh, a minstrel performer cool mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i think there's like something really uh there is a line that they say that i think i wrote down this quote from it and it's from the the mom she's kind of like the voice of reason throughout she says this thing that can be like it's definitely like relatable and like it's still a common thing today or like it's still like relevant today in a really big way but it also applies to like the cultural sensitivities as well is that you're part of the old world when speaking to someone who is stubborn and like won't Mm-hmm. move on uh, you're part of the old world if you were born today you'd feel the same and it's like <laughs> if someone's like old at that time and they're like if al jolson was here right now and he was like what are you talking about i did, I did the minstrel thing that was my whole thing like there was nothing wrong with it i didn't feel, you know whatever and i'm like yes al but if you were born today 
you would feel the same as us. Right. You know, you, you're you just so detached from it. Not saying that he didn't understand that. I don't know what his life, you know. It, no, no, no. But I know what you're saying. Like, But it's like you could say that about so many things. It's the age quality, how like the older generation is always never, parents just don't understand. Right. Like they're never going to understand the woes that we have, the the desires we have, the dreams we have, like the, the tools that we're going to move forward and what is okay and what is not okay. Like, he's so harsh and beats the shit out of him all the time. And it's like, no, this kid's new. And he's like, hey, don't do that. I'm just singing. Yeah, I just like to <laughs> sing. Sorry, bro. So I thought that was like a really like nice blanket statement and message of the movie that could be translated to so many things. Yeah. Yeah, being just saying. If you were born with, today. Yeah. You'd you would, understand. You would be with us. But mm-hmm. you were part of that old world. And yeah, the, the toxic clinging to the old world is what's gotten us what's gotten us into trouble in 2021 and it's fucking what was holding these guys back in 1927 the old ways are always the the curse the cancer Mm -hmm. cancerous tradition that's what i'm gonna start calling this (laughs) the cancerous tradition yeah that misery that like that that requirement for generational misery and trauma it's like, well, I had to suffer, so you have to suffer in similar capacities than I do. And it's like, you don't want to force future generations to relive that same pain over and over were. again. The whole point is to move and move and do better. Like, but there are a lot of people who were like, absolutely not. You have to fucking suffer the way I did. And it's like, you're the most selfish and you're going to be gone. Yeah. Fucking monsters. We're going to kill off the dinosaurs. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> anyone, anyone who is like thinking that people have to suffer because they did. It's like you just have no sense of like human interaction or anything else. You connection. are just closed off in your own stupid little bubble. <laughs> yeah. So. There was so much of that with the scene that we kind of mentioned we kind of already talked about everything i'd actually want to say about it but like when it is sort of him going from the dress rehearsal to the his father's deathbed the back and forth between tradition and chasing your dream and yeah like i said i'm sitting on the couch shouting change your dream you know like burn it down (laughs) Um, the classic matt way classic matt way um but like it also, like, really does go on, like, so frustratingly yeah. long for both ends of it just to work out fine. Mm-hmm. Like, he goes and does the singing there. They cancel the one performance. He still ends up becoming a big jazz singer star. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. All that back and forth for, like, what felt like also, like, a half hour of this movie. Should I go? Should I stay? This is my dream. But that's my family. But my family kicked me out. But I love my dream. Half hour, yeah. 30 minutes, and then it doesn't even fucking matter anyway because he has his cake and eats it too. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, should we just like go ahead and forego any rating? Because, like, it clearly wasn't. Do you have a rating for it? I mean, yeah, like, if I was gonna give it a rating, I'm still gonna give this movie like zero, zero. out of five. I didn't like it, and once again, it was a miserable experience for me to sit and watch. Mm-hmm. I don't like religion. I don't like blackface. <laughs> I like. I don't particularly love silent movies that aren't like visually interesting. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of like put a camera down and record people. And talk also for the silent. musical aspect, it wasn't really focused. Yeah, on, it wasn't musically driven so much, and it. it I. 
I am not the targeted audience for right. this, and it feels very far removed from our situation. There are not that many movies that I could be. So yeah, like I just don't think it's worth like rating really. Like I said, everything that was like effective in it. It's a storytelling moment, but like it's not as compelling as some other movies. Like you, you get silent movies. Charlie Chaplin. I was like, there is amazing. There's this rich story, and how you're saying it goes really long back and forth. I think it is very repetitive in the struggle with the family and the father. It's so singular. Yeah. And like it just like keeps harping on its singular thoughts from scene to scene. For a movie about like self-discovery and identity, it really doesn't go much further. And truly Honestly, like if you take the blackface out of this movie, I still, don't I still think... fucking hate no. this movie. It's boring as shit. It's a miserable experience. I'm tired of toxic tradition. I'm tired of fucking domineering fathers. I'm tired of people getting away with it too. Mm. No consequences. Miserable experience all around, regardless for me. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's just not for. It's not for my preferences, and it's not of my like cultural experience like yeah enjoyment of any type of entertainment like that and like yeah the songs i didn't really connect with so like when that happens and i did think it was going to be a little bit i I know that this was impressive to 1927 but like it's hard when you like you've i was born in the modern age of like (laughs) digital movies you can make digital movies now it's not even film anymore you know like we're going past a certain point we're in several different types we've had color we've had tv we've had 3d we've had you know we've done so many advancements well we have like we have uh virtual reality stuff is like really popular and like we're just we're just getting to such an advanced point so it's like yeah it is kind of like sad in a way to like say goodbye to some of those like first things but it's like it's of note it it had the moment i think that moment is really big and great to include in those montages but like the context of which it exists like doesn't stand out to me and i think it's gonna it's not gonna be as memorable yeah and i mean also too like just to like even push it a little further like we, we did talk about it recently with... We had Frankenstein, which was 1931, four years yes, after before, that. Yeah. And to our modern sensibility audiences, that is such an entertaining, mm-hmm. easy-to-watch movie. So that is almost still like... You can't get... There's, there's no excuse because four years later, they were still making movies that were entertaining to me almost 100 years later now. Yep. And this one is... It's just not. <laughs> but also, to be fair, Frankenstein is a full talkie. Okay, Gold Rush, 1925, two years before this. Highly entertaining start to finish. Oh, I, I like the story. <laughs> I agree with you, but it's like, that's, it's comedy, you know? Like, so it's just a different, it's hard to do a musical when you don't have sound, sound. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So it's like, yeah, I'm just giving like little points of the, the oh, structure no, know, of it, but like, oh pushing, no, yeah. all the Chaplin ones, it's, it's super fun and it, it does like highlight the, th- that's the thing, like we're saying goodbye, we're, we're kind of like kind moving past an and era have, of of silent films and stuff, but there are still so many memorable and wonderful ones to explore that are that are worth the mention. Yeah, we don't need like sort of the first talkie to point to. Let's point to some of the best early talkies. Instead. Impressive and like yeah. and yes, this was impressive at the time, but like, you know, I'm not that impressed. If if City Lights 
Gold Rush and Frankenstein can impress me all from the same kind of time period, then it's just this movie. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> I think we said all that we could and needed to about it. It yep. is what it is, and we've gotten through it. It was number 90, and I'm happy to move forward. And, and like, you know, sometimes it is nice to kind of have, like, an awareness of, like, how common and how recent that kind of behavior and practice and culture was where it's, like, some of the, the, that stuff is harmful now and considered like absolutely fucking insane, <laughs> but it it was less than a hundred years ago. So it is nice to kind of like remind yourself that and like have conversations about it. You know, it, it's, it's fine to, it's fine to like re-examine things once you get to a different point in time. Yeah. And that's what us millennials have to say about it. <laughs> and I would like to very much not watch this film ever again. We will not. <laughs> <laughs> Next week we're going to watch number 91. My Fair Lady. I bet Matt doesn't want to watch that either. Let's do it. But I more bet music. Matt's not excited to watch this. More music. <laughs> so hopefully there's some slappy boys in there. Um, I don't think I have anything to say. I'm exhausted. I hope you're having a lovely week. Do you have anything else to say to the people? I do not. Okay, then let's get out of here. What do you say to that? I say that sounds like a great idea. Fantastic. Until next time, we've been high.